You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. All righty. All right. Well, let's get started. I know uh, we're going to talk, uh, title of my message today is talking about attitude. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Let's talk about attitudes, huh? Okay. <laughs> How is your attitude? Okay. Is it good or bad? Uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. And uh, there used to be a comedy show back years ago called uh, Meet the Browns. And uh, one of their sayings, when one of the men or women were having an attitude, it was funny. He'd say, girl, you got an attitude. You need to go to the chiropractor to get an attitude adjustment. <laughs> so look at your neighbor and say, do you need to go to the chiropractor and get an attitude adjustment? <laughs> now, all through this message, I'm talking to you. Let's keep our elbows out of the, you know, and looking at the way he's talking to you. <clears throat> this is a question to you. How's your attitude? In attitude, the definition of attitude, it says it's a settled way of thinking or feeling about something or someone. And typically one that is reflected in one's behavior. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I, I've been, I've repented so much here lately. And, and I've said I'm sorry to my wife and my son. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, man. So I'm, I'm working on some things. So not too long ago, we're sitting there in the travel trailer. And uh, we're in the process. We're fixing to build a new house. So we're in the small travel trailer. And, uh, you know, it's hot outside, uh, the summer heat, and we're just talking and stuff. And I ain't going to lie to y'all, I wasn't in a good way. I, I, I had a little attitude. So mi- Missy more or less told me that your, your attitude stinks. You need to work on that. So I was like, what? I always thought I had a pretty good attitude. I really did. I thought for the most part. But I, I realized, and then the Holy Spirit began, to, there's some things that you need to work on. So, I'm working on my attitude, okay? And, and the, I'm, number one, working on two things, okay? My attitude, see, the devil uses frustration to steal our peace and joy. Sometimes stuff happens, you know, and, and we can either freak out and be all bent out of shape or we can... Going with God. Now, I'm not there yet. I'm not. To, the other day I spilt. <laughs> Missy said she spilt coffee all down her shirt going to work the other day. Now, she could have had a good attitude, and she did. She sopped it off with, with a napkin, what have you. She went on to work. She could have been all pissed off and don't go to work or have, oh, I got to change my clothes, this and that. But she had a good attitude. And I've got to give her kudos. My wife always has a good attitude. She does. I've got a good wife. I've never seen her. When, when things happen, and things will, what we do with that, that situation. And uh, she always, you know, well, you know, she'll spill something, whatever. Oh, well, golly, you know, she'll be kind of complaining at first, but she'll wipe it up, no big deal. But there's times that I've, I, you know, you know the saying about it's no use of crying over spilt milk, right? There's sometimes I've let the littlest thing spilt something or whatever, and you're like, it ruins my whole day or, or the whole week. And then they've got to feel the brunt of it because I'm mad because this little deal has happened. So 
I'm working on my attitude. And tell, let, let me tell you, when you say, all right, God, I'm going to work on this, he will give you ample opportunity to work on that attitude. And there will be things happening in your life that you're like, okay, I get this, you know. So, number one, I'm working on my attitude. Number two, slow down, okay? Y'all ever feel sometimes you're like that little hamster in that wheel, just going through life? Oh, yeah, hallelujah. I feel like that sometimes. I catch myself, you know, at work. I, I leave work, and, man, I boom, I drive home. Then going to work, I hurry up and feed the animal, and I go to work. I'm, I'm going fast. And I'm like, what are you, what are you in a rush for, dude? What, what is your... I mean, I am, I like being prompt. I like being on schedule and stuff like that. But sometimes I just, you get to going too fast. Sometimes we can miss opportunities that God has for us in those moments to where we'd be blasting off. We should be ministering to this guy or this woman over here. So, slow down. So that's what I'm working on. You know, I remember back uh, in the horse and buggy days, I had this one guy, horse and buggy, he's, Boom, he'd blast off, he'd go this place, he'd blast off, he'd go that place. So finally God come up and asked him, he said, hey man, what are you doing so much in a rush? I don't know, but I'm going fast. Sometimes we do that in life. We get to going fast. We need to slow down and wait for those opportunities. And uh, now, on the other hand, we need to find that balance. Missy and Shiloh, they're a little slower than I am. It, 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 does anybody do this? I mean, if I, if maybe it's just me. I go home, get, you know, done. I get out the vehicle. I shut the door. I got to go and get a key. Got, and they ain't even, I'm already getting ready to go take a shower. And they ain't even got out of the car yet. Her and Shiloh, I'm like, come on. We can do it. You got to listen. So we find that balance, okay? Don't be, I don't want to miss the next opportunity, you know, because I'm too slow. But you got to find that balance. Slow down and watch for those opportunities that God has for us to work out. Uh, y'all know this poster. Y'all probably all seen they've had them since uh, years ago. Attitude, your attitude. You had that, Ivy? Y'all probably seen this. I've seen this years ago. Your attitude determines your altitude. How many of y'all know that's true? I mean, your attitude, if you have a good attitude, man, i tell you what, life can go well for you. But sometimes when we have bad attitudes, it, it doesn't go so well. Okay? So look with me in, in, in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. This is a prime example of a good attitude. If anybody had an opportunity to have a bad attitude, this, this Joseph could have. All right, we're starting in 39. If you read in, in chapter 37 earlier, his brothers got jealous of him because of his dreams. So they, they threw him in a pit, okay? We're fixing to leave him for dead. Well, then they said, no, nah, let's don't kill him. Let's go ahead and let's sell him into slavery. So that's what they did. He went into the pit. Then they sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. So now, look right here, and we, we come up in, in chapter 39, verse 1. It says, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. You hear that? He brought down to Egypt. 
It says, And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain and chief executioner of the royal guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down again there. But the Lord, look at this, but the Lord was with Joseph. And he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. It says, and his master saw, not only was the Lord with him, Joseph knew it, but it says the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. Then it says, so Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight, and he served him. And his master made him supervisor over his house and put all that he had in his charge. Verse 5, from that time he made him supervisor in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, what? For Joseph's sake. It says, and again, and the Lord's blessing was all on all that he had in the house and in the field. And Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's charge and paid no attention to anything he had except the food he ate. But then at the end it says, now Joseph was an attractive person and fine looking. So he got him to supervisor. Now Potiphar's wife starts checking him out. And she keeps confronting day after day. Hey, lie with me. She wants to have sex with this guy. Now here, this man, he walked in his integrity, and he kept saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And she kept on, kept on, trying to pressure him. And finally, he said, look, he said, your husband has put me over everything in your household except you. And then he says, you're his wife. A light should have went off. Oh, yeah, I'm married. I, I got a husband. Why don't I want this? But she kept on. And then finally she came in there when nobody was around and tried to seduce him. And he got him some gone. She grabbed his coat and he took off. Sometimes we need to run from temptation. And that's what he did. So he ran away. And then, okay, you know the rest of the story goes... Uh, uh, Pharaoh has a dream. He interprets a dream. And then the baker and the, uh, the other gentleman, I can't remember, they forgot. They said they were going to tell Pharaoh about it. Well, they forgot. Well, then they found it. So now he's second in charge in Egypt. Okay? So now all this stuff went down. He was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. He was 30 years old when he stood with uh, Pharaoh and was end up being second in charge. There was a lot of life, a lot of things going on in his life during that time. And that's like us. There's stuff that happens in our life. We're not promised, you know, just a, a cakewalk. Through, just because I become a Christian don't mean that I won't go through troubles. But we realize that God is with us. Okay, if you look in each situation, notice what Joseph did in each case. His positive response transformed each setback into a step forward. Wow. So your attitude means a lot. And uh, now Joseph knew God was with him 
and that he would work all things out for his good. Look in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, y'all all know this scripture. But a lot of times we, we stop at the end of, uh, we do Romans 8, 28. We don't go on. Look what it says. It says, we are assured. See, we've got to be come to the point we are assured and we know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. Right now, you might not know what's going on. You might say, man, God, I don't know where you're at. I don't understand. It don't feel right. It don't smell right. It don't look right. But I know that you're in charge and you're working this out. Yeah. It's working into a plan. For good, too, for those who love God. You love God? He's going to work it out for you good. And are called according to his design and purpose. Then verse 29, look. For those whom he foreknew of whom he was aware of and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly in his likeness. See, we're constantly, we're supposed to be made in the image of Christ. When we go through those hard spells, we need to ask ourselves, okay, am I representing Christ? It's easy. You know, that song said, in the blessings, in the breaking. It's easy to praise God. Everything's going good. Wife's treating you good. And, but when all hell's breaking loose in your house, are you still representing Christ? We have to ask ourselves that. Okay? Uh, and like I said, there's going to be times that God will give you an opportunity to work on those attitudes. Uh, <clears throat> April, last April, uh, Justin and Gracie got married here at the air, I mean airport, at the, uh, <laughs> I'm working at the airport, <clears throat> here at the church. Man, put on a nice, beautiful wedding and everything. We're having a good time and man, just beautiful. Everything's going good and stuff. So the dance is going on, man. We're having, we're getting our move on, groove on. So, and I like to have fun. I don't know about y'all, David and I, we like to have fun around here. And we should. We shouldn't be some old fuddy-duddy Christians that and we don't have no fun. We're saved. And, but we're dancing all this. So, Dave, hey, come on. We're running, chasing Jim around. Come on, Jim, let's go bust the move, you know. And Jim, oh, no, I ain't doing that. So finally me and Dave jump out there, and Dave jumps in the circle, and he does his little dance and all that. So, oh, go ahead. He comes, gives me high five. Okay, Holmes, do the running man. So I jump in there, and I'm doing the running man, breaking it down. Well, the overachiever in me, rises up, and I'm going to bust off and do the worm. So I jump in the air, and I, I hit the floor, and I did about three wiggles, and I, I was thinking, man, I don't remember it hurting this much last time I did the worm. Well, I dislocated my shoulder doing the worm. And I got up, and I'm going, and everybody's wanting to high-five. I'm like, no, don't high-five, man. I'm trying to get my shoulder back in socket. So I'm thinking, oh, my God. So we finally, we go. They had to, they had to put me uh, to sleep to, to set it back in and everything. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm just having fun, you know. So anyway, I've got two choices now. I can either have a bad attitude or I can have a good attitude. So I, I wake up. The next morning, I'm sore, you know. Well, I had a buddy of mine preaching over there uh, at the uh, Ameri Ameri old Maranatha down the hill church, whatever. 
Sunday, and I'd already told him I'm come see him preach, you know. So, man, I got up, kind of, man, I was sore. I was kind of like, man, that was stupid. I can't believe <laughs> So I'm beating myself up. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little freedom here. We all make mistakes. Sometimes things, now I could have sat there and blamed it on the, de- the dancing demon or, or, or maybe it's just Kent's getting a little older and he shouldn't be doing the worm. You know, he needs to work on his dance moves, something else. So I got up and I, and I texted him. I said, hey, bud, I said, I don't believe I'm going to be able to make it this morning. Oh, really? What's the deal? I said, well, I had a dancing incident. <laughs> and he's, he's always a joke here, dancing incident, what do you mean? He says, uh, well, what happened, man? Did you throw your back out doing the twist? I said, no, I dislocated my shoulder doing the worm. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, what the heck? So I say that to say this. Things happen, and we can beat ourselves up, and it, or we can go on and have a good attitude. So I, I'd lay there in bed, and it was... <laughs> Church started at 10.45, laid there until 10.30. I was like, you know what? I'm getting up. I'm going to church. I'm going to see my buddy. I put my sling on. I went to church. And uh, we laughed. And sometimes you just got to laugh about some of this stuff that happens. It's like God. So I'm working on this, working on my attitude. Sometimes God will get you in those situations, whether it's you or, uh, but he'll, he'll, he'll allow you to work on it. So, uh, Y'all do know in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I admit, when I got done, I, I was sore, man. I was, so the doctor told me, you know, take two, three days, kind of relax. And then I had to tell my people at work, I had to tell my safety guy, what happened? Oh, I had a dancing incident. Like, what? So I told him the whole deal. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. And... I said, all right, Lord, I'm sore. I'm a... Now, Tracy and Hunter and, and David came and helped me cut some trees down at the house. It looked like a hurricane went off at my house. I mean, I had trees laid over. I mean, big limbs, you know, and they lay. I'm thankful they helped me. Now me and Charlotte got to play pickup sticks. So we're, I mean, so now, and I remember Charlotte, I just get up every morning. It's hot, almost three digits, you know, you're hot, sweaty, and I'd cut them limbs, and I'd take my time, and I'd watch the Dad, watch your arm. So I got it. So I just, between that and fishing, you know, I, I rehabilitated my arm. Got it back in soccer. But you don't realize that 28 years ago, I dislocated my shoulder on a bull. And uh, I was paralyzed for like a year and a half. And uh, I know that God's a healer. And there was always thoughts in my mind like, man, if something ever happened to me and my shoulder was dislocated, because, man, when we were on the way to the hospital, man, we're praying in the spirit and shallows back and we're, and devil was like, oh, you're going to be paralyzed again. You ain't going to be able to work. You ain't going to be able to supply. For you. And I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And we prayed to my, my finger was going, my hands were going numb on the way to the, the hospital deal. And I just, and, but I'm healed. So God is a healer and he'll work all this stuff out for our good. So we can have a good attitude. Happiness determines on happenstance. 
what's happening in your life. And we can have true joy knowing that God is on our side and he'll work things out for our good, no matter what it is. Proverbs 15, 13 in the Amplified, it says, a glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but my sorrow, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So when you have a good attitude, you just laugh. The Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Sometimes we need to just laugh more. Sometimes we can get rigid, you know, and just uptight, and we're not laughing at situations. Now it's funny, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to tell my grandkids, oh, yeah, I dislocated my shoulder on a bull back 28 years ago, but now I dislocated it doing the worm at the church, you know. You got to laugh at some of this stuff, and it happens, you know. So a lot of times we think, when we go through troubles or hard times, God is gone. Have y'all ever been there? Y'all, y'all thought about that? But we need to realize that, just like Elvis, you know, when he'd do a concert and he'd get done, you know, and the guy would say, Elvis has left the building. When we go through trouble, do y'all think God has left the building? No, God's with us. He's still with us no matter what we go through or whatever we confront. And Psalms 91, verse 15, it says, And he shall call upon me. We can call upon him. And he says, I will answer him. He says, I will be with him in trouble. He says, I will deliver him and honor him. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went through the fiery furnace. You know, even I mean, this was Nebuchadnezzar's top guys. And he set up the golden uh, image. He said, man, y'all need to bow down and, and worship it. And they were like, look, and we're letting you know we're not bowing down. We're not, and, and God can deliver us from this fire. Because they said if they don't bow down, they get thrown in the fire furnace. He said, and let it, God can deliver us. But even if he don't, we're going to be faithful. So they heated the deal up seven times. They threw, him, threw them all in the fire. And then the king said, look, didn't I throw three in the fire? But there was four. Jesus was in that fire with them. He was walking. So I don't know what you're going through, your circumstance, situation. Realize that God is with you. He's for you. He's going to work things out for your good. And, and you, can have it, it, you can have that confidence knowing that God is for me. And he's going to work it out for my good. Look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, variance, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said... I will not in any way, listen to this, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So he promises that he never leaves us, nor forsakes us. What is your attitude in troubled times. 
about your job. Are you thankful for your job? We all got to work. You know, the Bible says we don't work, we don't eat. How's our attitudes at our job? Well, God, I tell you what, them, them people, that boss, I need a raise. I need, okay, I got some questions. Are we showing up on time? Are we leaving on time? Do we have a good attitude? Are we giving them something that would, they would see our attitude and would want to give us a raise? Are we thankful for that job? There's a lot of people out of work right now. Are we thankful for that job? How many of y'all married out there? Yes? Happily married? Amen? 34 years, not too long ago. What's your attitude on your marriage? You know, I never sit here, I never sit around going, man, I wonder what it would have been like with old so-and-so. I'm married to this woman. I love this woman. I'm going to do everything I can. We're not just surviving. I'm thriving. That's what we should be like. Do we have a, are we thankful? There's a lot of, there's a lot of men would love to have that woman, but she's my woman. Amen? So are you thankful for that helpmate? And there's sometimes I get frustrated, and you know, we have an intense fellowship, we call it. <laughs> but that don't change my love for her. I love that woman. When I said I do, I do till I die. Another example, 34, we celebrated 34 years in June, June 9th. Got it right that time. June 9th. So we're going to go hang out in Beaumont, Okay. Just go right over there. We took a long weekend. So we take our vehicle. So we, we start off right here in Anahuac at the alligator farm. She want to go see the alligator farm. At 100 and something degree weather outside. And I don't know about y'all. Is it just me? Or I'm, I'm getting older and I'm having hot flashes. As a man, I'm really, I don't understand it. I mean, I'm, you, I'm just sitting there and I'm burning up inside. I'm like, what is the deal, you know? So... I'm like, okay, we're going to go, and we're going to enjoy this. Try to enjoy it. So I'm working on this. You got it? So we drive over there, and it's outside, and, you know, we walk up, and we got shorts. I'm dripping. I'm soaking wet, and I'm having hot flashes, and I'm trying to be happy and trying to, you know. <laughs> I'm looking at the alligator, and then they do a little deal with the big guy, and it was cool and all that, but man, I was burning up, man. I was like, so we finally get done there. And uh, our house builder had called, and he said, hey, well, I wanna, when y'all get a chance, give me a call. I said, all right. Well, the car's parked out there. She's got the little sun visor she puts out, which that's all good and dandy and everything. So we get, I said, look, we'll, we're done here. Let's drive to Beaumont, and hopefully you'll cool off. So we get in the car. No lie. We get in there, turn it on, turn the AC full blast. Man, I'm dripping sweat and everything. Cold air on her side. Hot air on my side. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me, man. So now I'm working on this. I'm having, trying not to have a bad attitude. This is my anniversary weekend, you know. So, and I thought, well, okay, maybe it'll line out by the time we drive to Beaumont. You know, so we're driving, and she's like, so, and I'm just soaking wet, man. I'm, I said, let's get you some ice cream. 
yeah, let's go get you some ice cream or snow cone. Okay, that's all good, but from here and there, I'm sweated down. So we take off, we're driving to Beaumont. I'm thinking, man, surely this thing will change. And it's crazy, man. I'd reach over there, cold air, over here, hot air, blowing on Kent, the one that's hot. I'm like, oh my God. So I was, at the end of it, I was low riding over there on her side with the vents blowing toward me. I'm trying to get some cool air on me. So we finally get over there. We get a snow cone, kind of cool down a little bit and stuff. And then we get to the hotel. It was late. We went and ate dinner and all that. I finally dried off. And then we go do our card. We're having trouble with our card. So that was the whole deal. I said, look, we'll go get away. We're in that travel trailer, a little shower, and I'm thankful and all that, but she likes to take a bath. I said, we'll go there. You can take a bath, and, and I can take a shower and a big shower. You know, the other shower, you bend down, you can reach all four walls, you know? <laughs> so we have a little space here. When we get over there, we can't, the card ain't working. I'm like, you're kidding me. And we sitting there, it was about midnight, and... Finally, it was something about, hey, would y'all want, still want, want a room with a bath? I said, look, we just want a room, a shower, whatever. So we finally get it done, and then God convicts him again. I said, look, honey, I said, if you want your bath, uh, we can change our rooms tomorrow morning. And she said, no, we're okay. Well, so that's what I'm saying. Things like this, you can have, and I'm, I'm working on this. And, and, and just like Joseph, when he went through all that, he had a good attitude, but you have to work at it. And it can affect everybody you're around, your family, your wife, your husband, your job. It can affect everybody. I want to close with this. Look in Acts chapter 16. This is another example. And y'all have all heard the story about Paul and Silas. And I want to start with verse 16. They were in prison for preaching the gospel. It says, And as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we met, us by, we, we met by a slave girl. We were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination. Claiming to foretell fortune, future events, and to discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune telling. She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They announced to you the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Then Paul, being sorely annoyed and worn out, <laughs> turned and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very moment. But when her owners discovered that her hope, that their hope of profit was gone, they caught hold of Paul and Silas. Listen what they did to them. They dragged them before the authorities in the forum in the marketplace where the trials were held. It says, and when they had brought them before the magistrates, they declared, these fellows are Jews, and they are throwing our city into great confusion. They encouraged the practice of customs, which is unlawful for us Romans to accept or observe. The crowd also joined in in the attack upon them. And the rulers tore, they tore the clothes off, 
off them, commanded that they be beat with rods. It says, And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. I don't know about you, but they sound like they're having a bad day. <clears throat> and they could have had a bad attitude. It says, And he, having received so strict a charge, put them into the inner prison, or the dungeon, and fastened their feet in the stocks. But, I love the buts in the Bible, but about midnight, as Paul and Silas were whining and complaining. No, it doesn't say that. It says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. It says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So think about the next time when you're going through something. What are other people hearing from us? Are they hearing a bad attitude? Us whining, complaining? Or are we going to praise God and trust God to work things out? It says, and then suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were open, and everyone's shackles were unfastened. And look at this. When the jailers startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword, and he was on the point of killing himself, because that was a strict uh, command. He had to keep all those jailers. He thought they had already left. He's fixing to kill himself. It says... Because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. Look what Paul did. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself. We are all here. Then the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling and terrified, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out of the dungeon and said, Men, what is it necessary for me to do that I might be saved? I don't know about you, but going through all that, and I would have said, I don't know, but I'm out of here. What would you have done in this situation? But Paul and Silas took the time, even in that tough situation, that hard circumstance, they took time for this jailer because he has a precious soul. And it says, and they answered, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping and you will be saved. And this applies both to you and your household as well. And then they went on and they declared the word of the Lord, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Jesus Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God to him and to all who were in his, in his house, not only to him, but his household. It says, and he took them, then the prisoner, look at this, the prisoner took them the same hour of the night and bathed them because of their bloody wounds. Now, he was the one that made all this happen, this harm toward them. Now he's cleaning them up and, and bandaging their wounds. It says, and he was baptized immediately and all the members of his household. So they took time for this prisoner this jailer in this situation. Then he took them up 
into his house and set food before them. And he leaped much for joy and exalted with all his family that he believed in God, accepting and joyously welcoming what he had made known through Christ Jesus. So they took time for the jailer. So I want to challenge you. We all, how many of y'all are going through stuff? If you're honest, we all. If you ain't, you're, you'll be going through some. We all go through stuff. So we can either have a good attitude or we can have a bad attitude. But I'm choosing to have a good attitude and I'm going to be looking for those opportunities in those situations that God gives us those opportunities maybe to lead someone to, to Christ. Because no matter what our circumstances, we should praise God and others may come to Christ because of our example. They're watching. It's easy, and we do that at church. We get together, oh, praise God, how you doing, brother? Glory to God. But what about out there in the world where it really counts? Are we making a difference? Are we being a light in a dark world? Y'all bow y'all's heads. Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us alone. Father, you don't leave us like we are. Father, I ask that you would change us, mold us. Father, make us into the image of your son, Father. Make us more like you. Father, that even when tough times come, Father, we know that you're with us and you'll direct us and guide us, Father. Lord, let us be that light. Let us be a salt, the salt in this earth to make a difference in people's lives. Take time for people, no matter what the circumstance. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love y'all. God bless y'all.